0: What's up everybody, welcome to The Stack, I'm Alex I'm Justin I'm Pete And on The Stack we talk about a bunch of books that come out this week And we're going to kick it off with a big one, Infinite Frontier Number 0 from DC Comics Nice, simple lineup of names here, so let's go through it Written by Joshua Williamson, James Tyner IV, Scott Snyder, Brian Michael Bendis, Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, Joelle Jones, Tim Sheridan, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Jeff Johns, and Jeffrey Thorne Art by David Marquez, Jorge Jimenez, Aletha Martinez, Mark Morales, Joel Jones, Stephen Byrne, Rafa Sandoval, Jody, Up oh, there we go, Jordi Tarragoda, <laughs> Jamal <laughs> Eichel, Alex Believe, Todd Dock, Dexter Soy, Howard Porter, John Romita Sr., and Klaus Jansen. Now, this is your requisite post-event check-in with the entire DC Universe. What's going on? What's happening with everybody? What's everybody's new status quo now that the continuity has changed? So we kind of know how this one goes, but the framing here is that wonder wonder woman has maybe ascended to be a higher being. She's trying to decide about that. And so she's taking a look in on the new state of the multiverse post dark Knight's death metal. How'd you feel about this book? How'd you feel about the status quo? What jumped out at you?
1: Um, for me, uh, I, I thought the bat cycle was sick. Um, the cool Green Lanterns thing, um, and I love the last page, but what is happening now with DC? Wait, what do you mean, Pete? Well, like, we were really enjoying these DC kind of what-if books, or like, you know, uh, and now it's just all over, and... Well, and so, all- uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, when he was on the show, talked about this a little bit. He said that the
0: future state things are... And they talk about this in this book as a bit as well, but not as explicitly, that they're a possible future or a possible futures. These are places the continuity may be going or may not, but they're not ignoring them. And you can see that a little bit in the Batman story that teases yeah. the Magistrate storyline that plays later in the Stack podcast. Where we're going to be talking about Batman 106, where that plays in a big way. But that's what we're getting here is these new status quo, these new setups – Uh, they might head towards these disasters that we've seen in Future State, but also maybe not. We'll have to see what happens.
2: And I really like that. I like the confidence um, uh, with which DC moved forward through Future State and into this where it's like, okay, all that stuff happened, um, you read it, and then we're not going to Dance around it. We're just going to jump into the books, and we're going to start to pepper those things in those things that we like. Those things, maybe in. though. I ap- I appreciate that though. It really. Why sp- do
1: you appreciate that? Because they're saying we we may do something that you've really enjoyed. We may not go. Fuck yourself.
2: I I love that. I like. I really? enjoyed what we saw. And then if they, I
1: very much enjoyed it, but I would like to know if I'm going to get some of it or not.
2: Well, then you continue being a fan. I think is the real okay. like if you keep talking about the things that you loved. I think they will do those things, and the things that people didn't like, they won't do those things. And we, you we heard get, it
0: here first, true believer. You're going to have to check in every week to find out what the adventures of your favorite superheroes are going to turn out good, bad, or something in between. Excelsior. <laughs> I can't.
2: Mr. Magoo? Just I can't. Imagine hear me, you're Mr. <laughs>
1: Magoo imagines all I, the DC Universe. Future all state. All I, <laughs> all, I'm, all I see is the lost DVD thing, and I, I don't hear anything you're saying because I'm just focused on the lost DVD. Here's, the, here's the big up.
0: twist be That lost DVD thing behind Ooh. me has been here the whole time.
2: Wow. I don't what? know if that's a direct quote that's from the truth. But even if it's not, I don't want to hear it. Uh,. I like, um, the Batman stuff I think is really fun here. It's it's interesting that Grifter is now just like fully part of the Bat universe. Uh, the Bat universe feels very large right now. Yes. Um, and and you get
0: to see more of that in Batman 106 as well. It's a big cast, but I I agree with you. I like how James Tynan is playing with it. I like the potential threat of the magistrate. I love the reveal at the end here of what Scarecrow looks like right now. That's pretty terrifying. What's up, Pete?
1: So you guys are just okay with the fact that, like, we just got two months of amazing stories and now, like... eh. Done. Maybe we're going to do this, something. They told us that's exactly what was happening. Going, you in. can tell us that, but then when you fall in love with it, as you're reading it and buying these, and then have it maybe show up or maybe be taken away. This is just... the
0: same thing that happened to you with Titania when you went to Europe, Pete. It was supposed to be two months, and then you were like, "Okay, let's head home, baby." And she's like, "No, I live here. I cannot come with you, Pete." Did you say titanita? Titania? Titania. Come oh. on, you know the name of your ex-girlfriend, Titania, who you met in Belgium. Yeah,
2: sure. Titania. Famous, famously yes. non... Famously <laughs> real person's name. <laughs> Did read a little Midsummer Night's Titania. Dream over
0: there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh,
2: man. I, uh, I liked the... I'm curious what Green Lantern's going to do. The, they introduced the yeah. Teen Lantern here, which... Okay, uh, a little up in the air there. Flash really puts a flag in like, we're doing, we're fully back to Wally West as the main Flash, which, Alex, you must love.
0: Great. Uh, feeling a little conflicted after the past couple of years of storyline there. But I will say one thing that I was very happy about was Jeff Johns and Ted Doc back on Stargirl. They've been going yeah. all in on that since the series came back. They're going to do another story, I think, coming up, another comic. That's great. It's just fun. They capture the tone perfectly. I'm really enjoying it. And I really like what they do here, setting up Pat As connected to the Seven Soldiers of Victory, which is something from the TV show, where they're doing the very smart thing of creating stories that work in the DC continuity, also work for fans of the TV show. I think that's very a nice thing to
2: do. How hyped were you when Darkseid's knee high boot slammed on the Spectre's head?
1: Uh spoiler, dude. Jesus. Okay, so let's talk
0: about the end of the book. Always great to see John Ramita senior and Klaus Jensen's art on stuff. That's yes. awesome. Agreed. Uh, oh, uh, who cares about dark side. <laughs> to be totally what are you talking about? about it? And there's been so many dark side stories. Like I appreciate the idea that like There's we're a ton it of back Joker to stories. It's dark side versus the whole DC universe. None of this crazy perpetual stuff. We're just going to clean it up. It's just going to be a slam-bang slab fest. Let's have a little bit of a fun time here, guys. That's great. But at the same time, I've read so many stories of Darkseid versus the DC Universe. If he had been away for a while, that would be a different thing. But we've had so much Darkseid in different iterations. He's been on a Justice League team. His daughter has been hanging around. If it was a character that was gone for a while, I feel like the impact would have been much greater. Uh, But as is, I was like, all right, this is very nice art. Happy to read this. I'm sure this will be fun, but this is not the cliffhanger I think it was meant to be.
1: Oh, I completely disagree. I was so happy to see Darkseid at the end of it because I was just it first off it's a zero issue. So fuck you for putting all that shit in a zero issue. Fuck you. That is not a zero issue. There's is so much important shit that happens in that issue. It's unbelievable.
2: Oh, I thought you were gonna drop a beat, drop a little uh, uh yeah, a yeah, rhyme there. It was,
1: it was spam it was a spam we put phone it call. in a zero <laughs> issue. <laughs> Don't, don't blow be the, the, it in don't a tissue. The, please don't be the white guy b- beatboxing and trying to <laughs> rhyme. That's just awful. I mean, I stop think, it.
0: I think that stop. was. I think that was really good.
1: No, <laughs> I in all this madness to see Darkseid, I was like, yes. Okay, now we can get to a storyline. land. I understand what's happening here. I don't know why there's all this other madness going on, but I can understand this. So I, I felt really good about that ending, and it got me excited to read the first issue. What the fuck?
2: Does Darkseid always look like he's crumbling to you guys? I feel like he's like a gritty sidewalk. He's like concrete that's like... Slowly, just like crumbling out, like he needs a good moisturizer. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Do you think that's how we to stop all him? need a good Send moisturizer? Him for a spa day?
2: Uh, yeah, like a, a solid, um, like pressure washer would really take him down. I feel like
0: no. oh, man. <laughs> just give him a cream called the Pro Life Equation. I'll just mm. really smooth them out. Let's move on to talk about America Chavez Made in the USA number 1 from Marvel written by Khalid Vasquez, art yeah. by Carlos Gomez. Uh so this is of course bringing back a solo title for America Chavez. It is revamping her origin quite a bit, adding some new details, some new threats. What do you think about this book?
2: I like this. I, America Chavez is such a like unique her power set is so weird uh, and so i i like and her origin is so specific with her coming from another uh, earth and sort of wandering into our world and then most recently on the avengers west coast team like uh very fun I, I think this book's great uh
1: yeah i agree i really thought this was a fantastic first issue get you excited for this world and what's going on i really like the character um I also super nice of her in the middle of a mole battle to answer questions from somebody with just a camera that like an old camera, not even like a cell phone. So I was very impressed with her and how she handles herself. Um, Yeah, I think they did a great job of getting me excited for more. I think this was a really solid first issue. Love the art, love the writing.
0: It probably helps that this starts out in Los Angeles, but it definitely feels of a piece with the work that Kelly Thompson did on the West Coast Avengers title, on the Hawkeye title as well. You got a Kate Bishop cameo in here, but it moves off into its own thing. But it has that sense of fun, that sense of weirdness. Uh, It's great. I really enjoy this book quite a bit. Let's move on to the book that we talked about a little bit earlier, or at least teased a little bit earlier. Batman number 106 from DC Comics, written by James Tyner IV and Joshua Williamson, art by Jorge Jimenez and Gleb Menikov. Uh, This is the new status quo for Gotham City, Batman chilling out in a basement with ghostmaker fighting crime until some new and old villains are coming for him and things are tightening quite a bit uh
1: this is I thought great
2: yeah
0: I Pete, agree. You I have really a question like, though you Yeah, your hand. I just
1: yeah I just you you know you love uh uh you know a good kind of like commercial in the middle of the comics so I was just wondering what you thought of the Oracle eating uh, uh I thought that was a nice nod to Mark Ruffalo, who sadly died
0: and was made into potato chips. Is that what you're talking you, about?
1: Yeah, exactly Tra- but tragic. I'm just wondering, because you love when they change the you know, instead of ruffles that you know, so they were cute with that. I am just wondering, usually you, you enjoy that, so I was just wondering Yeah, I wish there was a little bit of a hulk crunch. On there, that would
0: have really kind of mm. nailed it, but I guess wrong university. Hard really to do, do that. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was my big takeaway for the book as well. So thank you, Pete.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It was cool to see Batman working with Oracle. Um, I it just she's super cash that she can like fight crime and eat chips. I mean that's pretty awesome. But it was also interesting uh, this Ghostmaker and Batman dynamic. Um, you know, to see how kind of like casual they are sometimes is a little jarring, but it's fun. It's a it's a new th- uh, kind of dynamic, um. And I like the kind of like new villain who didn't get the reveal out before they got punched in the face was cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, the demon detective is fun. So it should be it should be interesting to see how this kind of all uh, unfolds. So I- I'm in.
2: Yeah, and the way that they. This spins directly out of the future state stuff to have um, the this villain, uh, this scientist, setting up the magistrate program that they really used a ton in the future state but never really resolved. Um, so I think that's cool, and we get to see that sort of build up. I do miss I, – I think it's strange that Ghostmaker is replacing Robin basically
1: Yeah. Uh, in yeah. a weird
2: way. Um, we get a Robin backup here in this issue, which I also thought was oh, cool. Oh, that
1: was awesome. Yeah.
2: Now, after you've had a long day of fighting crime, do you go home and spar with your buddy? I'd take. I'd be like, "Come on, man, let's take." a Sure. It. If
1: you're a chef,
0: you're cooking all day, and then you go home and you eat. Same thing.
2: <laughs> cooking and eating is actually a very two very different processes. Not bad, I don't think so. Yeah.
1: I don't think so. Uh, Maybe a chef goes home and orders food because he's so tired of cooking. We've talked about this quite a bit, but James
0: Tynan's run has sort of had these weird stops and starts. It's been so good across the board, but it was supposed to be a very short storyline. Then it got expanded. Then it got interrupted by the Future State and Dark Knight's death metal stuff. So this feels like a new, fresh start for him, and I'm really hoping this time it gets to be whatever ongoing story he wants to tell because he's such a good storyteller. Um, I don't want to see another event come in or another switch or something like that. I want to see what is the long form story that James Titan has to tell on Batman.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, very like confused. Cause the Batman one was the first time I saw the cover and I was just like, what happened? What, what happened to the last event? Like I was, the cover was, I was just like, what is going on? So Glad we got it in, in the zero issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to something you probably liked, Pete. Demon
0: Days X Men number one from Marvel Comics, story yes. and art by Peach Momoko. Uh, this is a, a very different take on the X Men. What do you think, Pete? You like this book?
1: Well, yes, I did very much. The huge art- X Men fan, Pete Lepage. Uh, normally yes Um, the art is absolutely glorious it is just almost like a painting here I'm a sucker for watercolors I just love it the character designs are so cool and unique it's got this kind of like old style uh, meets new I'm very very much into this it was really cool and the wolf is Wolverine named Logan I, I was I was in it to win it and they really delivered on this first issue I I I agree the art is very
2: it's really beautiful here. Um yeah. I thought it was interesting for an X-Men book to have Venom be the mm-hmm. sort of villain and um Hulk sort of be here. Um is yeah. what I took uh the the big red they're dude to be. Two two
1: characters in Marvel, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you've followed the X-Men really, but they're traditionally Not associated with them
1: Well that was the thing That was confusing
0: to me I read this book And not once Did any island Fuck another island So I It didn't feel like An X-Men book to me To be honest I
2: think it was implied That Japan was uh, Fucking um, uh, Another uh, The Philippines (laughs) I was gonna say I was uh, trying to name A neighboring uh, island uh, Yeah Cause you yeah. know The islands don't travel the fuck They fuck <laughs> yeah. the neighboring I can island.
0: picture the map See what we got it in your head And it's just Japan And there's nothing <laughs> yeah, it's around just the stopping, It's a lot, a, lot a lot of ocean A lot of ocean
2: yeah. right.
0: Uh, there you go. Yes, very good book. Let's move on to talk about Suicide Squad, number one from DC Comics, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Eduardo Pensica. Uh, this is bringing in a little bit of the upcoming movie with Peacemaker. The thing that I thought was kind of fascinating about this, we didn't talk about kind this, of. this happens in Infinite Frontier, number zero, continues in the Batman issue, but big event, pretty much everybody in Arkham Asylum is killed seemingly by Joker gas. Turns out later, it's actually the Scarecrow sort of faking Joker gas, uh, including most of the inmates, including potentially Bane, among other folks. Uh, But this Suicide Squad issue takes place the same time as that. They're trying to break Talon out of Arkham Asylum when the gas comes, uh, and that's what we're playing with here. Uh, I like this. I thought Robbie Thompson writes a good Suicide Squad. I think the danger is there. The unnecessary deaths are there, so it hits all the bases, and Eduardo Paceca's art uh, is real good.
2: I can't believe we lost Film Freak so early on wow. in his career.
1: Yeah, R.I.P. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I thought this was really great issue, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, the movie will be just as enjoyable. Uh, it's fun because uh, all the Peacemaker dialogue, I w- in my head it was John Cena speaking those lines. Uh, I didn't like the uh, Superboy reveal. Did not like that. That was scary. I thought it had a really great ending. <laughs> and then it was also weird how Waller was like, I'm tired of losing. Oh, um, she
2: loses a lot. She loses a lot. I yeah, I well, love the the shot of um, the page of Superboy. was great, I thought. The uh, cr- kryptonite shackles and the like, yeah, green. made uh, me sad. It's sad. It is sad because Superboy is a hero and he's in, in, enthralled.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry about that, Pete. I hope you get past that. Let's talk about Wiccan and a Hulkling King and Black, number one from Marvel, written by T.D. Howard, art by Luciano Vecchio. This is following up on the Empire event. They are married now. They're ruling space. And of course, some goop dra- dragons bash their way into their honeymoon, and they have to deal with that. Uh, lots of fun stuff in here. I always like a good Wiccan and Hulkling book, and I think T.D. Howard captures their voices quite well.
2: Yeah, and this book – I, I like that this was just like a fun book. It wasn't like trying yeah. to do a bunch of stuff. It was like, OK, we've seen – we know where these these two characters are, but we haven't actually seen them be married and be uh, ruling. So let's just do that and have it be a, a fun uh, tie-in. And I think it was very successful at that.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um uh, the lightheartedness uh added to this big kind of uh, uh king and black event was really cool um, i really love the interaction of like the uh, the guy who's like holding up the little orb and and, and st- there are a lot of really cool moments fun little moments i also like how when they get the robot present they think it's just a champagne delivering robot which is yeah. just a fun thing uh yeah and then just to see them together is great i i think this is just the art's fantastic. There's a, just enough action to balance with fun and give us some good relationship moments. This is just a great book from start to finish. You kind of know what you're going to get a little bit, and they really deliver on it and don't let you down. I was I was very happy with this book.
0: Next up, The Swamp Thing, number one, from DC Comics, written by Ram V, art by Mike Perkins. This is a new Swamp Thing with a new MO, new villains, new weirdness, same old horror. Justin. S- Adela, same, yeah, old just same old plant plan plan guy. Uh, uh, and we should mention, on the Future State beat, this is the team that wrote the Swamp Thing Future State book that was so excellent. Here they're dealing with an entirely different Swamp Thing, entirely different story. Uh, but I think if you like that, and that book was great, it was very exciting to see them taking on this one as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. It, it, the, the Future State book was very, like, sort of clinical. Like, it got into some... It was about Swamp Thing sort of building his children and how he did it in this future Earth. And this brings some of that clinical uh, wraparound to this series. And then we just get into some brand new characters, some mythology building. I think it's the same sort of green versus the rot situation in a good way. But a brand new character who's Swamp Thing, We don't. he doesn't seem aware that he is Swamp Thing. And we're getting that sort of slowly told over the course of this first issue. Really nice art. Um, it reminds this book reminded me of uh, early Starman, uh, both in Ooh, sort of the really? the writing and the uh, the art style. So I'm here for uh, it. A
1: couple couple things, uh, Justin, if you don't mind, uh, since I, uh, do, you, I
2: you... do mind. So let's just do one thing from you, Pete. Oh, okay, possibly.
1: all right, great, great. Um, so like if it's just one thing, I guess I'll just pick the. It starts off with like a plane being grabbed out of the sky by a giant. Let's say beanstalk. Like hmm. that's really high up. I mean that no, I mean to no, no, grab no. A plane this, Okay, so out the, of the guy sky, I mean, can I can like, I clarify this one? I'm talking to Justin. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a conversation with Justin. He's a swamp thing expert, trying to get some clarification here.
2: Um, are you familiar with um, no? Go one, ahead. one of the other major Beanstalk storylines, Jack and the, Jack versus Beanstalk.
1: Right, right. Very familiar.
2: Uh, that Beanstalk very went very high up. It went so high up there were giants living there.
1: Yeah, so that's bean, why I thought. That's why I said Beanstalk because that's the only thing that I know that's that could reach a plane in the sky. There are big, tall, terrible giants in the sky.
2: That's true. (laughs) That's the point Alex wanted to make. Alex is not very religious, but he does believe that giants dominate, live in the sky in the clouds. The
0: lyrics I know from Into the Woods, I say out loud whatever I can. Uh, No, that was not a beanstalk, Pete. The new swap thing was riding on a plane. He was having nightmares. And in his nightmare, he pictured himself exploding into plants out of the plane. Not a beadstock yeah. rising to the plane. I thought. I thought, no, but it, then, it it, it, like, basically, the Swamp powers exploded outwards while we was still on the plane, caused it to break. Fantastically drawn paddle. I love that. So terrifying. But it turns out he's just having a nightmare there.
1: Oh, Okay. He's right, made. So, a, he's made of uh, plants, though. Yeah. All right. So, question number two then will be for both of you guys, since you okay. both seem to be experts. Okay. Um, <laughs> One of the reasons I had to move out of New York City is because anytime you're walking in Central Park, there's always people popping out of the trees. And at first I thought it was like a at Elves. Just when the elves got too big, they got kicked out of the trees. Yes. this it turns all, out it's Swamp Thing. This all checks uh, out so far. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, that part, the, the the book to me was real a lot creepier and scarier than I was ready for. Uh, I'm just wondering, did, uh, have you guys in Central Park seen the people popping out? Or?
2: The people popping in the park. People popping in the park. Let me yeah. say, Pete, I feel like so you wanted a book that was more focused on beans and elves, and this book uh, just didn't really have that for you.
1: Well, no, I mean, Swamp Thing can be kind of a horror story type of thing, but there's also a lot of. Uh, uh, great stories that Swamp Thing does, where it's got a little heart, a little love, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff in it. But I was just they went they went straight kind of horror for this issue, so well, I was a little. I, I think they're going to it Once we get to know the character,
2: I think they'll find the heart there. Um, and uh, the Swamp Thing also great history of horror. Have you guys yeah. ever grown beans? <laughs> no, yeah. but I will
0: say that when you're walking out, and somebody pops out, there, that happened to be one time, but he showed me things, many beautiful things. That I hadn't thought to explore.
2: <laughs> 100%. Let's let that hang in the air for a little bit longer.
1: <laughs> nice. Pete, any other questions? Nope, nope no, thank you for fielding those. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. anytime.
0: Let's move on to talk about Noctera number one from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Tony S. Daniel. Now, we had Scott on the live show a couple of weeks back to talk about this very book. He teased it. It's all about a post apocalyptic world post-apocalyptic world uh, that, where there's no sun and a girl who lives in it who used to be blind that is now the only one who can lead them.
2: I'm just a post-apocalyptic girl living in a post-apocalyptic world, Alex. When yeah. will you understand that?
0: <laughs> uh, I thought this was great. This is uh, Scott Snyder's big wild storytelling matched with Tony S. Daniel's superhero art. There's uh, I love the idea of a post-apocalyptic world where it's 13 years later and people are like, time to dress crazy now. Let's do this.
2: I, I can't wait for the apocalypse when it's like, all what? right, we, now you can wear lights on your head and stuff. Like, get loose with your fashion. We're living in an apocalypse
0: right now, and I'm dressed the same as I always am.
1: Oh, exactly. You're not, you're not taking advantage. I'm not.
0: What i tell you, guys- you uh,
1: the the truck lights in this is amazing i hope that catches on and truckers start like really lighting up their trucks like that so that's magical
2: yeah when will the truckers catch on yeah Uh, i like this book a lot um really fun world that's created here scary um you really you ride along with your this our main character here and really feel for her it's fun
1: yeah, Art's great. Uh really think it's like a, a very interesting, cool story. And they do such a great job of getting you kind of excited for this world and trying to figure out all the things that have gone wrong. A lot of really cool, interesting moments. I did want her to look a little bit more like a trucker. Unless uh, like a superhero, but that, whatever, you know, that's cool. No, but I think that's what you do with Tony S. Daniel. He's an amazing
0: superhero artist, so you lead into that, and you get wild designs, and you give people superhero costumes, and you make that work. Like, it's Scott playing to Tony S. Daniel's strengths the same way that he does to Jock, or the same way that they do in Undiscovered Country to Giuseppe Common Coley, just like leaning into those artists and what they can do and then following this past out. I think that's what works here and it's fun.
2: I don't think I've ever heard anyone utter the phrase, I wish that person looked more like a trucker. And uh, I appreciate it. Very rarely said thing. Next up, Crime Syndicate,
0: number one from DC Comics, written by Andy Schmidt, art by Kieran McCowan and Brian Hitch. Here we're getting a semi-satirical look at the Crime Syndicate and their world and how they come together on the newly revamped Earth 3. What What'd you think about this one?
2: These people love crimes. That's our heroes, but they love crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: this didn't really hit for me, to be honest. There's some bits that I liked it at. But Maybe
2: maybe you didn't get it, Alex, but it's like the the heroes that you know and love, but mm-hmm. they they love crimes. My favorite
0: page is the backup story for which shows, uh, I don't remember, Ultraman? Is that what he's called? The Superman? Yep. Analog? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ultraman's origin, and it's a riff off of All-Star Superman. And you get the first three panels are kind of the same. And then the last one is, uh, it shows the Kent's. And it's like deranged psychopaths or something like that. Um, That's funny. That made me laugh, but then I feel like it didn't quite follow up from there, the rest of the story. I wanted to go wilder and darker in this book, personally.
1: Really? Yeah. That was too dark for me. Like, seeing a Superman figure, this Ultraman guy, be so douchey and so, like, the, the abusing his power in such an awful way, it was just so scary and uh, against everything that I want out of a superhero, like... Throwing a newspaper truck, you know, in a high rise of a skyscraper, like through the office, kind of like glass, just because someone wrote a story about you, go fuck yourself, you fucking superhero. I have thicker (laughs) skin. Jesus H. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the point of it to kind of just show, uh, you know how evil and douchey people can be, I guess. But uh, yeah, for me, it was a little too dark, and I wish they took it back a little bit. So I guess a little different from Zob's.
2: Uh I agree with Alex. I wanted to go further. It felt like it was sort of heading for that tone of like a Mark Russell book, but mm-hmm. it doesn't quite go that far with the satire. Um, I, did, I agree with you also. I did like the backup. Um, felt like a little bit more in that sort of fun, irreverent uh, tone uh, taking on the Superman origin.
0: Let's move on to talk about one that I bet Pete liked. Jonah and the Unpossible yes. Monsters, number one for Hody Press, by Chris Samney and Laura Samney. This is a all-ages <laughs> all title.
1: We're writing a comic book together.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, okay, they've been working together for a while. Um, sure. It's Pete, great. talk about what you liked about this book.
1: First of all, words. Don't need them. This book proves that. A lot of amazing panels with barely any words. Uh, yeah, the art's unbelievable. Love the character design. Such a cool, interesting world. And also kind of a nightmare, I'm sure, for you parents. Uh, two Utes over there. That has to be a, like your worst nightmare, you know? You're watching your kid. Then all of a sudden you get uh, taken out. get a bump on your head. Now you don't know where your kid is. I mean... That has to be like your worst nightmare come true. Uh, But yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. I think it's uh, such a solid first issue. I can't wait to uh, see where this goes.
2: I agree. This was very fun. It reminded me, maybe I have bone brain, uh, given what we've talked about lately, but it reminded me of Jeff Smith's bone. Come on. Mm.
1: Everything can't remind you of Jeff Smith's bone. Uh,
2: that's not the times I've mentioned bone in the last couple podcasts we've done have not been because something reminded me of it. Um, and this legitimately does. It has that uh, sort of really smart paneling, uh, good storytelling, like some heart to it. I liked it a lot.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought this was really good as well. Just classic storytelling, like you were saying, Pete, from the Samneys. I think they did a great job. If you're looking for something fresh and new, check this out. Next up, Sea of Sorrows, number four from ITW, written by Rich Dweck, art by Alex Cormack. This is continuing a increasingly bloody and deadly mermaid oh, saga. Bunch of folks trapped on a ship. It's like under siege, but with killer mermaids. I think that's a fair way of putting it, right? Ooh,
2: that's nice. Thank when you. does when does she sing "Part of Your World"? I just feel like I just don't know how they're it just work hasn't it in. come
0: yet. But uh, there's a couple more issues to go in the miniseries, so I'm sure it's
2: coming. Um, I like this book. Um, it is. It's got such a great tone to it. Um, like, I mean, obviously, Under Siege is a, every, a lot of huge fans out there of Under Siege, especially Under yes. Siege Two. Dark territory, yeah, of course. Oh my god, hundred yeah, percent. Way to drop that. You're a huge train fan, so the fact are that you guys there was...
1: talking about fucking Segal movies over here? Yeah, it's specifically oh, nice. Under Siege
2: Two. Oh, now, okay. Alex, when you got into Under Siege Two, did you come at hmm. it as an action movie fan, or more about from the, a train fan who just no?
0: To... I was more of a people popping out of a cake fan. That's kind of where oh, I started with Under on, Siege, and then I sort
2: of went from there.
0: Nice. A lot of people so, come to it from that. Yeah, way. you should check out my letterboxed list on that.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, cake, this, cake this movies this. with people popping out of kicks. Anyways, back to the comic. Uh, so this back is like comic. S- Never. Very, <laughs> very scary, very intense. And the paneling and just the action and the design of this really does such a great job of like really getting into this frenzied, Like, holy shit, what's going to happen? All these things are kind of happening at once to this ship. And just when you think, like, okay, I got a handle on this, like, evil mermaid, it keeps uh, getting heightened levels and levels of how scary she actually is. Um, yeah, this is really just a horrifying, amazing comic uh, that really creeps me the fuck out and makes me never want to go on a boat again.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's good horror. When the when the mermaid opens her body mouth, um, do you feel like... Uh, it's very little shop of horrors, and perhaps the song coming out of the mouth is some sort of a suddenly Seymour-style uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> no, it reminded me
0: a little bit of the end of the first act of Into the Woods, when they're saying, Into the Woods we have to go, I hate to leave, I have to though. That That's mostly what it reminded me of. Interesting.
1: Not Be related, like,
0: but um, just always, that's always in my head. Last sure. one to talk about the comic book, History of Animation, number four from IDW, written by Fred Van, yes. art by Ryan Dunlavy. This is a gimme for Pete, because not only is it about the rise of the Studio Ghibli films, it's also about the rise of animation on Saturday mornings with G.I. Joe, with He-Man, and the Masters of the Universe, She-Ra, mm. all of that good stuff. Yeah, As usual, super
1: well-written, super fun to read, super informative. This is just a Gem. great book. Yeah, this was... This is, I mean, Fred Van Lente is just knocking it out. It's so informative, and the art is so creative and cool. This really does such a great job of teaching you things about things that you already know and love in such a fun, creative way. I really want this to be like an animated podcast or something. Like, this is just so, so cool that I don't want this to stop. I want to learn all things in this format and I want to learn it from these two. Uh, I was just so impressed by this. I grew up in this time, and just kind of, like, learning all this stuff is really kind of crazy. As a kid, I just, you know, love Saturday mornings, and uh, I, yeah, this is just so hilarious. The Superman uh, sitting down at, like, a Hollywood place with uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo doing the finger guns. Hysterical. I love Skeletor in this. It just, I, just so many amazing, cool things. Well, uh, Pete, I I have a question
0: for you, and this is an honest question, given that they do spend a lot of time talking about the very dark side of this and the very negative ramifications and reasonings for doing these Saturday morning cartoons. Does that color your viewing of them at all?
1: No, I mean, you know, unfortunately, when you learn about things, especially, uh, you know, uh, things that happen you know, back more in time, you just, you're always finding out racist, fucked up bullshit things. So it's, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> that's life. But, you know, um, uh, you know, as a kid, those kind of Saturday mornings were amazing. So that doesn't, you know, I, you know, it's hard to go back and watch uh, some of those things because they really don't hold up. But, uh, yeah, this didn't it didn't hurt reading about it and learning about that. Which well, I now, think, now
0: that you're an adult, your Saturday mornings are a fucking nightmare, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Got to watch your Saturday morning documentaries. <laughs> oh, <No>, man. <laughs> With a big bowl of cereal and a bunch of serious movies. Uh, here we go. Another murder doc on Netflix. <laughs> um, I um, what I love, what I think Fred Van Lente, um and Ryan Dunlevy do so well is. Uh, they add the little details that you just, that are so hard to find. It's so well researched and then well illustrated by Ryan. And yeah. a couple of them that I really liked here were just how everything was sort of made up on the spot. All these things that feel so important or particular, like Yabba Dabba Doo and the name yeah. of Scooby Doo. And it's just like, oh, hurry up. This is do <laughs> name or like, hey, do a f- say Yahoo. And he, instead he said Yabba Dabba Doo. And then it became like, this super iconic thing and it just feels like stuff like that doesn't happen anymore in the creative process um so being able to read this and see this is is so cool
1: i take offense to that because uh we usually make stuff up in the moment and it becomes uh, you know comedy gold so i no, we do yes i'm speaking
2: more i guess uh (laughs) television um yeah i mean you can't script Netflix. (laughs)
0: <laughs> classic if you'd like to support our podcast <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7pm to crowdcast on YouTube iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at comic book live on Twitter comic book club on YouTube comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time we'll see you at the virtual comic book show comic book club. Come on